Isn't it beautiful the way the Holy Spirit moves? Hallelujah. Well, today I just um, I just want to just reinforce a few things that um, Dr. Mills shared with us. And uh, the title of my message is I've changed it, okay? <laughs> Since this morning, 2 a.m. We are redefining the new dimension. We are redefining the new dimension. What has the new dimension got to do with the preeminence of Christ? You'll find out as I go ahead and just bring forth the word. Um, we are entering into the last phases of the conference and if you are feeling antsy, like, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go eat lunch, I want to go eat lunch, it's the enemy, okay? It's the enemy. I'm serious. Because there's going to be an impact. I saw uh, Prof and Dr. Mills, Pastor Angie, uh, evangelist. I saw people come up and, and God, the Holy Spirit was just, I mean, it was like mayhem. Just dealing with, with stuff, you know. So, don't go until we end. Don't go. No matter how you feel. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Dr. Mills has taught us so much. And I want to encourage all of us. The truth of the matter is not everybody got everything. Okay, let's be real. Okay. But my mom told me one thing. She said, daughter, if you were to just pick one revelation from the Bible and decide to live by it your whole life, you can't fail in life. Just one. I want to base the premise of my message this afternoon on just one revelation that Dr. Mills, through the grace of God, released to us. He said something about you and I. He said that the church is the substance, the expression of God the Father, of his love to his son. The expression of his love. You are the expression and the substance. Tap, tap, you can touch. When God, when Jesus sees you, he sees a, an unwrapped gift from the Father. There is a cliche in the body of Christ. What is a cliche? A cliche is a word that is overused till it loses its meaning. There are lots of cliches. And one of them is, I'm going to the next dimension. Right? And all our prayers and all our fasting usually is, God, take me to the next level. Take me to the next dimension. Let me buy a bigger house. Let me get a newer car. Let me get a better job. 
let me get a husband and let me get a wife let me get a baby so (laughs) in our minds that is what the new level is we are going to redefine the new level based on this truth that Dr. Mills shared that the whole agenda of the father I mean before Satan fell the father would begin to weave a very intricate complicated series of events just to bring us to the place where Jesus Christ becomes preeminent I'm talking about the creation of the archangels the creation of heaven the creation of Lucifer and Lucifer would definitely have a single flaw you think God didn't know God didn't know that in Lucifer would be found unrighteousness he who knows all things from the beginning God would begin to weave a very complicated tapestry down to the garden of Eden God is so scarily intentional it's scary to the last decimal to the last drop he is he is intentional and he is accurate your being here is an accurate calculation of divine counsel you could have been anywhere else you could have been shopping in Walmart you are here God would weave this intricate thing just so that his son would become the firstborn among many brethren, the firstborn from the dead, the firstborn, the supreme, preeminent one. Now, back to what the next dimension is. Really, the next dimension is when God brings you to a certain place supernaturally where Everything that has been locked up on the inside of you, he begins to release. It is a place where God brings you and you begin to manifest a higher expression of yourself. It is a place where God brings you out of the wilderness of confusion frustration continual attacks and launches you into a place of liberty and manifestation it is a supernatural work the new dimension is not about getting a new car or a new house just so that what It's got to have a foundation. When we are praying for the new level, what is the basis? Dr. Mills talked about purpose, purpose, 
purpose. Purpose. God does not bless in a vacuum. He, he doesn't just release blessings. Just nilly willy. Willy nilly. Haphazardly. Oh, take one. Pastor Angie. Boom. I saw a prophet that used to, <laughs> when he's releasing the action, he just throws it. I mean, it was beautiful. I love the manifestation of the power of the spirit. So, just God would just throw the blessing just out of the blue. No. God is not a haphazard God. God is a God of purpose. I said it's scary. One day the Lord told me, I was praying, oh, Father, Oh, change me, change me, change me, Lord. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. He said, hold on. Why are you crying? I said, Father, because I'm not changing the way I should change. I'm not changing as fast as I should change. Lord, change me, change me. He said, stop all that. And then he said something which scared me. He said, I'm fully committed to your transformation. He said, but one thing he said which scared me was I am fully committed to the death of your will. I'm fully committed to kill. To kill you. That part of you that refuses to surrender. That's a word for somebody today. I don't even know why I'm releasing it because it's not part of my message. <laughs> but God is intentional. And you know, all these things that we want, Dr. Mills talked about having and becoming the desire to acquire. The desire to acquire material stuff. When we look at um, Donald Trump, we look at all these Hollywood stars and they are living in luxury and they are buying all that they want and they are going on these exclusive luxurious vacations and doing whatever, flying out to Paris for dinner and all that. And they are buying all these, you know, uh, designer clothes and all that. And some of us just look, oh, I wish it was me. I wish it was me. I wish it was me. How many of you know that most of those people are on antidepressants and are close to suicide? It is not about the American dream. It is not about the American dream. Africans and people, immigrants, there are some immigrants who will do all, they, they will sell their mother to come to America. They'll sell their mother just to make it to America for the American dream. So that what? For what? We have lost sight. Even believers who know that this is not our eternal home. We have lost sight of eternity. And we've made everything about us. Our pleasure. How men will perceive us. 
So then somebody, some crazy dude with a genius mind would create the selfie and make us even more selfish. (laughs) Post it on Facebook. Go and find some Lamborghini. Is it Lamborghini? I don't even know how to pronounce the name. Lamborghini. Somebody's Lamborghini. It's not there, so. Go and put on a suit. Facebook. Instagram. Wow! What a nice car you got. Man, you're making it big. So that what? So, we are pursuing, like Doc said, pursuing things that God has not given us to pursue. Look, eh, look, there will always be someone more richer than you. There will always be someone more anointed than you. Why are we not content with who God has made us to be. You know, I love, I, I admire. I say, yes, when Doc was sharing about prayer, I was just weeping. I said, Father, you know, this is my desire. Uh, this is my, look, I don't fantasize about wealth. <laughs> I, I really don't. I, he's, he's, you know, he's killed that taste out of my mouth for for things i i don't pray for things i don't it is i don't pray for it i don't know the last time i prayed for a material thing and i'm not saying it to boast as god is my witness the greatest desire of my heart that i would do anything for they are spiritual spiritual my greatest prayer is that God will kill Parisa that Jesus will come forth and so if he is able to deal with Teresa, I can pray for 12 hours if he commands me to and not bad an eye So we are trying to be something that we are not. Having things that he has not asked us to. Today, I've left my notes. I just want to flow. All that the Lord gave me to give to us. And it's for all of us. Me first. Is to come to that place of radical obedience. Radical obedience. Hallelujah. And, and, well, let, let's just go ahead. I, I have, I have some things here that I, I he's, he told me to tell you, and I think I've already said it, that anyone who has received this revelation right in this house is automatically a part of the remnant. And to be the remnant, you are peculiar. You are weird. 
you will stand out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> because some of the things that he'll ask you to do are very bizarre. I'm not a prophet. So when he asks me to release words, I'm, I'm nervous. I, ho- I hope I get it right. When he said, you talk to evangelists and after that, invite the man of God to come and release. That is bizarre to me. Because I'm, I'm not thinking about evangelist Manuel. You know, he's going to ask you to do weird stuff. But the more you are dead, the more you obey, no matter what anyone says. You know, and, and, and so I'm going to talk a little bit more about this obedience factor. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis 13 verse 10 and 11. And I want to ask a question. This is a time for very deep introspection. You know, Doc has dealt with the bride uh, as a group, you know, mass. Um, this is the plan of God for the church, capital C. But this afternoon, I, I, I want to, and he's also dealt with us as individuals, but this afternoon, we're going to be very inner looking. Individual. It's time to take this revelation and apply it to you. Right? So the question I want to ask you, and you must be brutally honest. I believe that the reason why he would use the man of God evangelist Manuel is to illustrate. He said this man had something and I told him to give it up. Initially, he wasn't seeing the way I was seeing. But he was broken and he saw what I saw and he obeyed and it was a radical obedience and because of that the next dimension will never pass him by that's just he's using him as just an illustration, a model. So, Abraham did the same. Years, 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 Abraham is fasting, praying, God, give me my next level. Why have you made my wife barren? God, give me a son. Give me a son. Why, Abraham? Ah, for posterity. So I can have someone to leave my worldly riches. Mm, Abraham, you are not ready. Go back and pray. Oh, God, 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 God. You are not seeing the way I'm seeing, Abraham. Sarah comes, Abraham. Look, this thing is not working. Let's, let's, let's. You know, God will understand. See, see that, that, that maid of mine. Let's just let her have the son. Time is passing by. And Abraham, oh, oh yeah, that's, that's a good idea. That, that sounds like a good plan. Let's go do it. 
And boom, Ishmael. Oh, I've gotten to my next level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God looks at it. He said, Doc says something. Many will come to me and say, God, Lord, Lord, I have healed the sick. I have prophesied. I have raised the dead. And the Lord will say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. And he explained iniquity yesterday. He said, iniquity is when you take the place of God. Abraham took the place of God. And got a plan for himself. Ah, yeah, come on. Let's have a son, Ishmael. God said, I've rejected him. I don't know you. I don't know Ishmael. I did not. Doc said, oh, me. I I was soaking in the word. I had every word. He said, I did not see it. I did not source it. It did not come from my loins. Many of us are not seeing what God is seeing. Many of us are not aligned with God. And that is the reason why we are suffering. That is why we are miserable. God is bringing us into rest by revelation. That is why we are struggling. We are resisting him. Some of us know if we were to be brutally honest, we know in our hearts of hearts where I am is not the will of God. What I'm doing Is not the will of God. But for us to admit it. It means we have to die. And nobody wants to die. May the Lord give us the grace to die. To our own desires. And so. The real desire and plan of God. For Abraham was Isaac. And thank God that God in his mercy would reposition. I remember my parents, some of you know the story. From the very beginning, I was born, a prophecy was released. I was almost dead as a baby. Only child of my parents after multiple miscarriages. This girl is going to be for the people. God is going to use her. Okay? And I'm talking about this. All this has to do with the preeminence, with parenting, with pursuits, with purpose. I'm an example standing right here. My parents knew the Lord. They loved the Lord. As soon as I was born, I heard Jesus. Eight years old, gave my life to Christ. Thirteen years old, straight. 
Then it got to the time where they had to choose my career. In my heart of hearts, at 15, I shared with Dr. Mills. I read this book, How to Heal the Sick by Charles and Frances Hunter. After I read that book, the Lord whispered to me and said, I will use you to heal people. So, my uncle had an open vision about me. Preaching to the masses. Prophecies upon prophecies upon prophecies. I knew that this is where I would end. This was my destination right here. Pulpit. Consecrated only for his use. That is me. Some of you are meant for the marketplace to make millions and feed the kingdom so that the preeminence of Christ will be seen. Every person has their purpose and it is linked to the preeminence of Christ. The question is, have you identified where God wants you. Man of God, Manuel, found it. He said, I'm willing to do anything to walk in that place. It cost him. Radical obedience, it will cost you. You feel like you're dying. Physically. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like, kill me now. You know. So, are you where God wants? Some... <laughs> you know my parents it, it, came, it got to college time and we started filling forms for college that was the first time I ever saw in all my life of almost 20, 20 something years I'd never seen my parents argue till that day my mom said she's qualified to be a lawyer look at how eloquent she is my dad said I'm a guidance counselor I know these things she's very creative let her be an architect. So we filled two forms. Law, architecture. And the only reason why my dad won the race is because I'm a daddy's girl. <laughs> I'll do anything for my daddy. That translates into my relationship with the father. I love my daddy. I love my mommy too. My man, when daddy says jump, I jump. So I did architecture. And I call it architecture. Because for eight years, I was, I, I excelled. But man, it was torturous. There was a day I remember so clearly. I was having a, um, <laughs> a lecture. Probably, I haven't told you this before. In college, uh, Dr. Dr. Um, Kluche knows where I went to college. It's a science and technology college. I was sitting and look, we would wake up at 1 a.m. Some of my brethren, brothers who are now prophets, apostles with churches, they would come knocking at my door. They weren't chasing me. <laughs> Those times, men, when men come knocking at your door at 1 a.m. is for something. They were coming to call me to go and pray at the basketball court. 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. Shorobo Non-stop. Then we'll go and bath and go to the lecture theater. And as they are teaching, only God knows how we passed. But 
there was something in us burning. We are meant for this ministry. What are we doing here? For eight years, I would struggle. One day, I was sitting in the lecture theater. And the lecture was just writing. And I couldn't hear a word. The Holy Spirit, I read, this is God. I mean, God. The Holy Spirit in the lecture theater arrested me. And I just, it was like there was something in my chest that had to, a prayer that had to come out. I don't know how to explain it. Everything he was teaching, my architecture, my whatever, it became trash. And I, I took my book and I ran to the chapel and I just collapsed and I let it out hallelujah I said father if this continues to happen I'll fail he said I have called you I have called you I finished college praise Jesus Still with the call burning in me. My dad said, oh, it's time to get a job. Got a job. Started doing ministry. Ministry alongside. Then he said, okay. This is the day I've been waiting for. I have a piece of land in my town. And I've been waiting for you just to design a house. For me, that in my retirement... I will go and rest. Ain't that beautiful? Doesn't that sound good? So, he spent all this money to take me to school. Now I finished. Now he's going to see what that money was put to. You know, now I'm going to see my daughter, the architect, is going to design me a beautiful dream home and I'm going to retire. Oh, it sounds so good. So, I designed it and I saw it built. That was my first ever project. My parents were so proud. Oh, yes, we've done it. She's now an architect and she can stand on her own. Got married to a wonderful man of God. Came to the U.S. Five months, I got a job with one of the oldest and most prestigious architectural firms in America called Goodrow Inc. on Light Street in Baltimore, right next to the Inner Harbor. I sat in my office. Wow! Oh, I got it made! Just with this on my resume, I can get any, a job anywhere in America as an architect. And then, God said, enough. You've had your turn. Now it's my turn. Whew. And now I'll go to work. Turn on the computer. Start drawing my lines. Hey! These lines are not meeting. <laughs> oh God, I'm a horrible architect. Frustration! The enemy sent me this demonic Hindu. Father, save his soul. 
who became my supervisor. And he made my life a living hell. My husband will fast and pray. We will fast and pray. The more we fasted, the meaner he got. Hey! Jesus! What is this? The devil is trying to mess up my career. God said, no. I go to as I'm driving to the office. I mean, it got so bad. As I'm driving to the office, I see the office. I begin to weep. Father, this is not what I want to do. This is not what I want to do. This is not what I... I know. I've called you. But I have to, Lord. I have to. My parents. My parents. How do I say no? To a good job. That time I was going through infertility. Medical treatments are expensive. Without a job, how do I pay? Lord, it was horrible. Finally, one day, I went to the office. One winter morning, sat behind the desk. I looked at the computer. I bowed my head. I said, Father, I've had enough. Can I go now? He said, go. I saw my boss. I quit. I went home. Jonathan, hi. Oh, how's work? And you know, at that time, he wasn't, he was a resident. Residents make, make peanuts. <laughs> I said, Jonathan, I have something to tell you. My knee's shaking. My husband's gonna think I'm crazy. <laughs> I said, Jonathan, I, 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 I resigned. resign. Why didn't you talk to me before you did that? Because I knew you would stop me. Why did you do it? You won't understand. Thank God he's a peaceful man. So I'm home. I'm home. And then the Lord begins to deal with me. Take me into the prayer closet. I begin to fast. I begin to pray. Ah Lord what am I here for? What am I here in this world for? Lord Jesus what do you want me to do? Then my husband says you know come in each time I come from work you are sitting in front of the TV watching reruns. You've got so much potential. What are you doing? Get another job. No, I don't want to do architecture. I don't want to do architecture. Okay, go do an MBA. Just go and do an MBA. With an MBA, you can get a job in any corporate office. Really? That sounds good. Sounds like a plan. So I signed up. And, 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 and it's so easy. I get an executive level MBA. They waive all the exams I have to do. I get financial aid. Easy. Two years, I'm out. Ooh, I got an MBA. I got an MBA. Now it's time to find that job. That six-figure job. Do you know, up till today, out of all the applications, with all my qualifications, with Goodwill Inc. on my resume, I never got a single response. Not one. Not even for an interview. I said all this to tell you a lot of us are wrestling and we think it's demonic. It's sheer disobedience. Sheer disobedience. My parents were believers. Believers. 
But I doubt that they prayed and asked for direction concerning their daughter. If they had known I would end up here, their money would have been better used if they had probably sent me to a Bible college. By the grace of God. Today, I shared my testimony to make a point. Some of us are in the wrong places. It's going to cost you to drop it. Haven't you had enough? Wrestling? Unfulfillment? Crying? Pushing? Some of us are with the wrong people. Marriage. Dr. Mills talked about that. Now, secondly, before I end, I want to deal with something. There is a reason for our warfare. Apart from the fact that some of us are struggling because of of disobedience and not seeing the way it's either our eyes have not been open to see purpose or we know in our hearts of hearts but the price to drop it and to take on God's purpose is too great. We'll have to offend our spouses, offend our parents, offend somebody. We will have to take pay cuts. Some of us are with the wrong people, friends, associations. Some of us are even in the wrong marriages. But you see, how bad, how bad do you want To fulfill the full counsel of the heavenly father concerning your life. How bad do you want it? Dr. Cloutier talked about praying for hours. I want that grace. I think I need it. I need the grace to pray. I need the grace to pray beyond, beyond, beyond two hours. As for 12 hours, I don't know. 12 hours, I don't know. But we've got, there is so much more. There is a reason, another reason for our warfare, apart from disobedience, is that we are God's expression of love to the son. And so it would make sense that Satan would make it his priority to come against the agenda of the father. And so to make sure that we do not reach that place of obedience, he will frustrate us. He will tempt us. So that we don't walk in alignment with the father. Satan would do all kinds of things. Just so that the preeminence of Christ will not be revealed. 
What? Why would Satan do that? If you read Isaiah 14 verse 13, this is what Satan said. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. He wanted preeminence. So now that the father has given it to the son, he's decided it's not happening. If I couldn't get it, he's not going to get it. And that's where you and I come from. And so Satan would tempt Jesus to disqualify him. To fall out of alignment with the father. He would tempt the bride, you and I, to disqualify us. To make us feel guilty all the time. Self-condemnation all the time. He would attack the wombs of women like me. He attacked my womb. It's not just to make you miserable. It's about the preeminence of Christ. How will a child be born again if the child is not born physically? So he would make sure that my parents would suffer miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage and try to kill me at my birth. So that I wouldn't stand here to decree the oracles of the Lord. I'm talking to you about you, not me. Just look at your life. The attack is not for you. It's about your seed. God would prove. See, a lot of us are going through difficulties and difficulties and difficulties. The reason is that some of us haven't gotten the revelation of what we want, the blessing. Why we want the next level. And God would, would, would prove us in the valley, in the wilderness. As we are praying and fasting, I remember I was praying, Father, give me a baby. Father, why have you done this to me? Lord, release my womb. Lord, bless my womb. All that. Till one day, the Lord said, why do you want a child? I said, Father, my parents, my parents struggled. I want to have a grandchild for them. Eh. I'll keep on fasting. But why do you want a child? Father, I want to give my husband a child. You know how he loves children so much? And one day he asked me, I said, Father, I've realized in the word that you said that the enemy, that we would bruise the head of the enemy. That was about Jesus. But that we, through us, you would show forth your manifold wisdom. So if I don't have a child, your purpose is concerning mankind <laughs> will not come to pass. See, we are partnering with the Father. See yourself as a partner with the Father to see his vision and his fantasy. God, the Father has a fantasy. He has a fantasy. His fantasy is that one day I would watch my son receive his bride. Every father has a fantasy to walk his daughter down the aisle. The father has a fantasy. So, <laughs> so Hannah would weep and weep and weep. God, give me a son. Give me a son. The Bible said, uh, year after year, Hannah would go to Shiloh and Penina would provoke her. Some of us are after the next dimension because of competition. 
Sister A got a Lamborghini. Guinea. So I need a Lamborghini. She got a husband and a rock. I need a rock. Wrong. So, so, so God will just watch Hannah. Watch Hannah. Watch Hannah. Till one day, in first Samuel, I've forgotten the script. Is it three or something? I've forgotten. Yes, three, 14 or something. She says, she says, Father, she says, God, I vow, said that she was in bitterness, bitterness, weeping, weeping, weeping. And then I think, ding, she got a revelation. She said, God, I vow to you this day that if you give me a son, I'll give him to you. No razor will touch his hair. The Bible said immediately she said that. The prophet noticed her lips. Immediately you get a revelation that Samuel is not <laughs> to make Penina jealous. That Samuel is connected with the preeminence, the vision of the father for the son. Look, I have proven something about this, my God. Our God. I don't know him yet. I don't think I know him yet. He's too complicated. Too amazing to know in completion. But the one thing I have tested and proven is that if I want something desperately for him, uh, the man of God prophet, uh, Dr. Kluche was talking about twisting the hand of God. If you want to twist the hand of the father, <laughs> look, this father is so in love with the son. He is so in love with the son. When you whisper the name of the son, the father stands up. What, do I, what are they saying about my son? He loves the son. If you want to twist the hand of God to give you something, to do something in your life, just make it about Jesus. Hallelujah. As soon as Hannah made it about Jesus, not five minutes, the prophet saw her lips and said, it's yours. I'm bringing my message to an end. I've said a lot that's not here, but I believe that I have fulfilled all that the Lord wanted me to do. We are going to pray some prayers. And uh, I, I just feel the need. The Lord is saying that, you know, the Lord was telling me that a lot of us are wrestling. We are wrestling. Wrestling. And he wants to break restrictions. Because, see, the enemy has placed restrictions in our lives so that we will not fulfill our part in the plan that the father has for the son. Your lack of finances is not about you. It's an attack frontal against the heart of the father. Your son will not see preeminence. That's what Satan is saying. The day Obama lit up the lighthouse with the rainbow colors. That was the devil saying in your face, God. 
how will physical children be born if men are having relations with men and women are having relations with women? How would the physical children be born so that they'll be born spiritually? You see where all this is going? Governmental policies to make it easy for women to abort. It's not against Christians. It's not against, oh, they're smearing uh, the name of our Lord in the mud. It's about the father's heart. If I can just abort this person who's supposed to be, has the potential of being part of the bride, the bride will be incomplete. Your attack and your struggle is not about you. Yes. Now, when you get that revelation, your warfare strategies will change. When you bind, you bind with understanding. When you lose, you lose with understanding. You're not binding, binding, binding just so that you, you'll, be, you'll be prosperous and, 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 and enjoy. You are binding against anything that will tarnish, anything that, was, that will affect the father's fantasy. You are partnering with him. You are protecting the father's vision. And for such a person, the father will not withhold any blessing from you. Let's stand up on our feet. I know I'm supposed to.